upgrades them and uplifts them to Ruchnius, then he gets to the level that HaKadosh Baruch is with him all the time. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.org. This is The Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. Shalom Uvracha. This week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayechi, the first Pasuk says how many years Yaakov lived. And on that Pasuk, the first Rashi, the very first Rashi, asks the following question. How come this Parsha is closed? Closed meaning Parsha Stuma, which means between each Parsha, there's a certain amount of spacing between the Parshas. And Davko over here, there's no spacing. Only one space to differentiate between the words. And the question is, why? Why is this Parsha Stuma? says Rashi, because it's Tehintas. Tehintas and say that because Yaakov passed away, because the Fishe Kevanshin Iftar Yaakov Avinu, then that impacted Klal Yisrael, and they, their eyes and hearts were also closed. Nistemu einehem velibam shel Yisrael, mitzarat ha-shiabud she'etchilu shabdam, which means the eyes and the hearts of Klal Yisrael were closed, and hence they suffered from the Tzarata Shebud, the enslavement in Mitzrayim. Says the Heligen Esidus Shalom, there's a very strong diuk over here. It did not say that as a result of Yaakov dying, suddenly there was enslavement, and the enslavement in Egypt, in Mitzrayim, impacted Klal Yisrael. And that's why their hearts and eyes were closed. But rather, it says that because Yaakov passed away, that caused directly their hearts and eyes to be closed, and hence they were vulnerable to the negative impact of being enslaved by Mitzrayim. So we want to understand, that's question number one, what is it about Yaakov Avinu that when he was alive, there was obviously some sort of impact on Klal Yisrael that helped them cope with situations such as enslavement in Mitzrayim. What's so unique about Yaakov that had this Mida? this characteristic that impacted the world, the spiritual world, of course, that helped Klal Yisrael be able to withstand the enslavement that they weren't able to do so after he passed away. And the other question is, we know that a very famous Joshua on the Pasuk, Ele Toldot Yaakov, Yosef, that's all it says, that the offspring of Yaakov is Yosef. Now we had, we know that Yaakov had a lot more offspring than just Yosef, but yet there's something very intrinsic and coupled between Yaakov and Yosef. Yosef is the continuation of Yaakov. Rashi over there on that Pasuk tells us they were very similar in many ways, without getting into details. Even from a Kabbalistic perspective, we know they were very, very similar because Yaakov represents the sphere of Tiferet, Tiferes, whereas Yosef is the one of Yosoit, and it's very similar, very close to each other. So whatever Yaakov gave over in the spiritual world, why wasn't Yosef able to compensate for that? Answers in the Sivas Shalom, a very, very interesting Mahalach that we can learn, learn a lot from. And he says the following, Yosef, what he was able to do is use holiness, Kedusha, and he used the Kedusha to be able to help himself not fall into any trap of the Yetzirah when it comes to Isurim, to do things that are forbidden. This screams out in the famous episode we discussed several times, when Eshet Potiphar tries to persuade him to do the sin and be with her. And hence, he used the Kedusha to refrain from doing so. However, what Yaakov did is something, a step even more than that. And that is, he took mundane things we do in life that are not necessarily an Isser. They're, they're not forbidden. They're permitted. And some are even required, such as eating and sleeping and s- 
and and some working and that he used kedusha to elevate it. He elevated that, elevating something that's just chol, mundane, and he turned it into kedusha, elevating the physical to spiritual. This idea of Yaakov injecting kedusha in every aspect of his life screams out in what we say in benching all the time. Kedoshenu Kedoish Yaakov, the holiness of Yaakov that he injects in everywhere, Kedusha. This concept about Yaakov is hinted in many places in Chazal. And even in the Chumash itself, we see how much the Torah invests in speaking out the stories of Yaakov. Why? Because each story of Yaakov, even though it's a regular story about him getting married and him having kids and him working in Lavan's place and the trick he did on Lavan with, with ensuring that the offspring will be of certain type, all that is is invested a lot into explaining that in the Torah. Why? Because anything to do with Yaakov, it changes into Kedusha. All these events look like regular physical Gashmis events, but really, to all of these, when a person learns Be'in, these Psilkim, it's full of Kedusha. And the epitome of that is if one learns Kisvei Arizal, one of his farm, that all his farm wrote his uh, famous Talmud, Reb Chaim Vital. And in there, you see how several things that had to do with Yaakov, like Akudim and Vudim, these are, each one of them is a whole world of Kedusha. If one learns Be'i and also the Hoshanas, we say in Sukkos, that we say them to be Me'oyre Rachamim, to have Rachamim from HaKadosh Buchu, we also spend time over there speaking about Yaakov, as it says, Hoshana Leman Patzel Berehatim. As well, if you look at the word Yaakov, we know that it comes from the idea that he was holding the Akev, the heel of Esav. Akev, spelled Ein Kuf base. Rashi Tevis, the acronym of that, is Kadesh Atzmecha Bamutal. Take whatever is permissible, but not necessarily a mitzvah, and upgrade that to be Kedusha. That is what Yaakov represented. He took anything to do with this world, Olam and upgraded and uplifted it to be Kedusha. Based on this, we can also explain that when Yosef had the Nisayan of being with Eshet Potiphar, he suddenly saw the image of his father Yaakov, and what was it that impacted him? He said, wait, my father was able to take Kedusha, and he used that idea by even elevating something that was not even an Avera, but just not a mitzvah, and he elevated So I'm not going to use the same source of Kedusha to at least refrain from Isser. And indeed, if we look closely to the to our religion, Yiddishkeit, one can see that indeed there is a very strong element of, of uplifting the physical. If you take, we'll give one example. If we take wine, which we know represents extreme Gashmis and even perhaps Taiva, but yet you see that wine, drinking of the wine, plays a very vital role in Yiddishkeit. That's because we're elevating the wine, something that represents physicality. We're dafka taking that and upgrading it and uplifting it. We see that because we use wine for Kiddush, we use wine for Avdallah, we use wine for Bris Mila, we use wine for Purim, we use wine for Pesach. It's an unbelievable concept that is a game changer. As we know, there is even a Shulchan that talks about the importance that we can do mundane things such as sleeping and eating. It's very important that you have Kavana. You have in mind, I'm doing this so I'll be able to have more strength and be more connected to HaKadosh Buhu. Like we always quote the Mesil Sisharim at the beginning, he says, don't forget, all this world is only about doing Torah, mitzvahs, and getting closer to Hashem. So if you do anything for physical enjoyment, that's okay if it's a means to the end game of getting closer to Hashem. 
But if it's just an end, that's a horrible thing. Another hint to this idea that Yaakov represents this is it says in the Gemara that Yaakov Avinu, he is the one that founded the Tefillah of Alvis, which we know there's an opinion in the Gemara that says Tefillah Alvis is not mandatory. You could do it, but you don't have to. It's Rishus, but that's the whole idea. Taking something that's Rishus and elevating it. That again is a similar idea to taking something that you don't have to do and you're doing it and you're elevating it with Kedusha. There's a Gemara in Shabbos, Masechah Shabbos, Tavkuf Yud Ches and it speaks about that whoever is Ma'anik the Shabbos, he gets Nachala Bli Mitzorim. And how do we know that? Nachala Bli Mitzorim, he gets unbelievable Yerusha and good things without any boundaries. And he brings the Pasuk about Yaakov, Sheneemar Im Tavshiv Meshabbat Raglecha, etc. Vechalticha Nachalas Yaakov Avicha. Why? Because the Nachla of Yaakov, whatever Yaakov gets, is also without boundaries. And the question is, the question is, what's unique about Yaakov that he gets a Nachala, limit Sorim, without boundaries? Elamai, according to what we're saying, it's Geshmak. It's very good. Mida keneged Mida. Just like Yaakov Avinu takes Kedusha and makes no boundaries to Kedusha because he flips over and takes even something that's mundane and whole and turns it into Kedusha. So too... And so too, he turned everything to Ruchnius, so so too HaKadosh Buch, will give him reward and Nachala without any boundaries. Once a person reaches that stage that he flips over anything that he comes in contact with to Kedusha, to ensure he does the number one goal in life, which is Kivas Elohim, and to mimic Hashem's Midois, then he'll reach a level of, as it says in the Pasuk, Az Titzaneg Al Hashem. <coughs> That's the same Pasuk. It says, Titaneg al Hashem. You'll connect Hashem and you'll have Oineg. You'll have a Geshmak time in this world and of course the world to come. As it says in Tehillim, Kapitol Tehillim, Lamed Vav, Kim Cham Chaim. When you're connected to HaKadosh Buchu, then you have Chaim, you have Chayis. You're alive. Why? Because when a person doesn't connect to Hashem, and even if he doesn't do an Avera, but his life is all about nothingness. He's just doing mundane things, sleeping, eating, wasting his time. He didn't do any suhim, he didn't do anything, something that's forbidden. But even that creates a mechitza between him and Hashem. And therefore, you get, if you're connected to the Buchu, you have chayus, you have life, you inject yourself with spirituality. person that changed takes everything that comes in contact with him, and even mundane things, and upgrades them, and uplifts them, to Ruchnius, to Kedusha, then he gets to the level that HaKadosh Buhu is with him all the time. As it says, nothing stares him. Gan ki eilech begeit says David HaMelech. Lo yirara. Why? Nothing bad's going to happen to me. I'm not worried. I'm not going to feel the bad. Ki atai When the person is on that level, and he doesn't have any mechitzas, HaKadosh Buhu gave us several tools to ensure that we'll be able to live a life that is continuously changing and taking and uplifting anything we do during the day and uplifting it to make it Bikdusha. First of all, we know the famous Pasuk, Ma Hashem mi lira oisoy. What is HaKadosh Buch already asking from you? Just to have fear of Hashem. The Gemara Darshins, Al Tikri Ma Ela Mea. A hundred. What's a hundred? A hundred brachas a day. From here we learn that a person should do his best to, do, to say a hundred brachas a day. And the question begs itself, what's the correlation to the Pasuk, to the content of the Pasuk? I understand that the word Ma is similar to Mea, but it has to be something deeper than that. And perhaps the answer is because the context is about fearing Hashem. HaKadosh Buch is giving us a tool to ensure we're living with Hashem. And when you live with Hashem, then you have this constant fear, an awe type of fear, realizing that everything is from Hashem and 
We're always taken care of. If you make a hundred brachos a day, that's a constant reminder to realize, wow, Hashem gave me this opportunity to eat this apple. HaKadosh Buhu gave me an opportunity for this, for that, for everything. And through that, HaKadosh Buhu helps us, gives us a tool to ensure we'll be able to live a life that we upgrade everything into spirituality. The same is true about the famous, the famous Rabbi Hanani Kasha to give us the merit of doing mitzvahs. He gave us Also here, it's a tool. Kadosh could have given us only one mitzvah, but no, Kadosh Buchu gave us many mitzvahs. So that in all aspects of life, we have a mitzvah wherever we are, whatever we do, we eat, we smell, we see a rainbow. It doesn't matter. We have so many opportunities to say, to, to, to do mitzvahs. We have all the chagim, we have during the day, we have birkus hashachal, everything. Why? To ensure we're surrounded by an opportunity to flip over something and make it into kedusha. Because that, as we know, is what life is all about. Now we are ready to bring home the, the, the answer to the original question that we asked. What is so unique about Yaakov? That we already asked. What is unique about Yaakov is that he brought this midah down to the world. And when he was alive, everyone, everyone was able to tap into this midah in a way easier way. This midah of turning everything into Kedusha. And hence, when everything is turned into Kedusha, HaKadosh Buchu, the Shekhinah is mamash close with us. And we feel that we're connected to Mekoi Rechai. We feel that, like David Melech says, even if we're going into the fires, the dangerous fires, we're not going to be worried. It's not going to stir us. It's not going to change us. We're still going to be strong and be able to walk through any Nisayim. Because we're going to feel that Kodesh Buch is with us. However, once Yaakov went to Olam Abba, then Bnei Israel were left without that special shield that helps protect us from any Nisayun, any difficult Nisayun that comes. And hence, once we didn't have that protective layer, only then the Shibud that came affected us. But had Yaakov been around, we would have been able to persevere. And hence, it's only thanks to Yaakov, something that Yosef, that element on his level, he didn't have, like Yaakov. And we needed that in order to be able to persevere the Shibud of Mitzrayim. And hence, yes, because Yaakov left, Nistimu and that removed that shield we're talking about. And hence, the ripple effect was that the Shebud in Mitzrayim impacted them. And this is all hinted in the fact that Parsha is closed, Stuma, without proper spacing, like we usually have between Parshas. Yiratzoim, that we'll each take upon ourselves something, one element in our lives that will upgrade to have Tol Kedusha. We'll try to seek and be more conscious of where, where in our lives we can turn something that's mundane, like sleeping or eating, and have a kavana. That we'll do this in order to have more strength to do Avodah Hashem. We eat to have more strength to do Avodah Hashem, or sleep, or whatever it is. We can turn it over into having Kedusha. And when we have Kedusha, we're connected to Mekoi Rachaim, Morta Kadesh The Shekhinah will be here, will protect us, especially in these days. How much do we need protection from HaKadosh Bofu? Yeratzon that will be able to put Kedush no, no matter what we're doing, even if we're walking from place A to place B to say to Hillam, to learn something that we'll be able to quickly do and we won't be dependent on anything. Bishutze HaKadosh Bofu will bring us Nitzachoin over our enemies. Have a chat. This concludes another episode of the Prism of Torah. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something valuable. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast and give a five-star rating. 
You can also find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts or our own website, prismofterror.com, where we have a full archive of all our past episodes. We would like to thank Yona Vefa for the recording equipment and Ellie Podcast Productions for handling all our post-podcast productions. Join us next week for another lightning conversation on the Prism of Terror.